Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Oh, it's seven fourteen hundred one zero six is our WhatsApp number. Joanna, Joanna Fortune joins us uh, once again. Good afternoon. Good Joanna. afternoon. Uh, and you know. Happy New Year. We can still say that. We can still can say we? that. Well, I, I, a, yeah. I didn't see you last week, so. Yeah, Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now, over Christmas, we found out that our daughter had signed up for a dating app. She's 16 and is under the age uh, age restriction of the app. When I contacted the app in question, they were very quick to close down our profile and were very apologetic. As angry as I am with the situation, the account is now closed. In, in the stress of finding and closing down the account, I haven't really had the opportunity to deal with my daughter. I want to punish her for doing something so dangerous and irresponsible. However, I don't want to go too hard and get a pushback response from her. The night we found the app on her phone, she told us uh, she did it because she was the only one of all her friends who didn't have a boyfriend. That line broke my heart because I know what it's like when you're 16 and you feel isolated. I need to explain to her how dangerous what she did was, but I also want to educate her about dating and let her know what she needs to be aware of. I'm not sleeping as a result of what happened. Please help me with uh, how my husband and I should deal with this. Oh, do you know, I'm... Mm. What you've done so far is the right thing, but you can, I can still hear, you know, the, the fear, yeah. the anger, the frustration in that. And I think you need to approach this in a gentle yet firm way. I'm not saying let it go. It does need to be addressed. But something jumps out at me here that you really need to keep kindness and empathy at the core. But when you say I want to punish her, I just want to catch that because what's that about? Yeah. Often, you know, and I'm thinking you've stressed, you've had to find the account, deal with it, get it closed. And you're up to 90 over all of that. And I'm sure you're angry and frustrated. So that kind of I want to punish her. I want her to feel some of what I'm feeling. But actually, when you look at effective discipline, no matter how old your child is, if they're four or 14 or six or 16, it should always aim to teach what you want to see rather than punish what you don't want to see. If you go into it punishing, punishing, there's no lessons learned. You just are offloading your anger onto a child who may or may not fully understand the nature of that anger, the basis. They'll just get frustrated with you in response and see you as utterly unreasonable, out of touch, haven't a clue, you don't get it, and you instead get this standoff. Then you move in in your letter to what I would see as more teaching than punishing. Mm. You say, I want to punish her, but I also, you know, I need to explain to her and I want to educate her. And I'm thinking, okay, that's really where you need to go. Yeah. You know, that's more. So that's why I think when you say I want to punish her, really, I want her to get what a fright I got from this and how frustrated I am. But you can say that without punishing her. The other thing about this is when you say, I know what it's like when you're 16 and you feel isolated, that's a good hook to start from. Because if you can relate to her and where she's at, use this. And just before you do address this with her, ask yourself, if I was 16 doing this, feeling as she has told you she's feeling, how would I like to be responded to? What would help me most to move beyond this? Because your goal here is to move forward in a way that she's more informed, she's more careful and cautious and boundaried, and she can keep herself safe. That's really the goal. I see that clearly in this letter. So that's going to be the framework that you approach the conversation from. Not lecturing her, not berating her, but actually sitting and just laying it out and going, OK, look, you stick with facts and feelings. For example, you're too young. You lied about your age to get on that app. That is a fact and that is a problem Yeah, okay, yeah. for everybody. And then the feeling is, I fear something bad could have happened to you. 
I got scared. Then I got angry. I had to do all this work to close down the account. And I'm sitting with all those feelings ever since. So you're just being open and honest and she's hearing, OK, this is a problem. This is how you feel. Another way to do it, and I think this can be really helpful with teenagers, is to be honest in terms of saying, the story I tell myself when this happens is something bad is going to happen to you. You're going to be attacked. You know, you're putting yourself out there in an unsafe way. But I'm hearing that the story you're telling yourself is you're lonely, you're isolated, you feel you don't fit in, you're looking to meet someone new, whatever it is, you know, that you say that. Because what if you can say the story I tell myself and the story you tell yourself, you're allowing both perspectives to meet without either of them cancelling each other out. Yeah. Doesn't mean, therefore, you're right and I'm wrong. The two can coexist, but you need to get both of those perspectives clearly articulated so that she's also feeling felt and feeling heard and understood in the conversation. Then I really want you to go to, you know, empathy with this. You've got to empathize, you know, affirm she is not to do this again. Okay, for all of the reasons you've said, and that's you don't have to Mm. over explain that. That's simply a directive you're giving, but you're also going to offer alternatives. When you're feeling like this, when you don't fit in, when you're feeling upset or feeling like, gosh, why am I different to everyone else? You can talk to me. We can get you somebody to talk to if you'd be more comfortable having conversations about dating, not with your parents when you're 16. Great if she will, by the way, but if not, give her that choice. Would you like to join an activity where you're meeting new people outside of your school peer group? You know, a, a mixed gender activity, for example, where you're meeting lots of new people with shared interests. That's something we can support you with. We can giving her alternative ways of meeting new people that are healthy and age appropriate for her as well, but peers beyond her circle. And I think just reading between the lines here, I'd like you to start focusing on her self-esteem and really reflect that meeting anyone is not the same as meeting someone. Yes. Because there's a little bit of, look, I just need I just need anyone. I just need to have a person. But actually, that's the wrong person. Her And that's the bit when you want to educate her about dating, that it's okay to take time to meet someone. You're going to meet a lot of people that aren't the right connection for you before you meet someone who is. And it is about connection. So I think you have a good bit to go. I I think you're probably coming out the side of the anger, frustration, rage, but you might not be fully out of it yet. And I do think it's worth giving it a few extra days so that you can sit and have this as a conversation that keeps the doors of communication open mm. because I, I any parent who found a six, their 16 year old having a dating profile is going to have all oh kinds God. of conniption yeah, yeah I mean that's complete this isn't an overreaction it's a reaction mm. you know to the situation but now you want to respond to the situation and that takes us being a little calmer within ourselves it's worth taking time for that yeah the, the, the fact that she did say she was the only one out of all her friends that didn't have a boyfriend. Kind of to me, it implies a little bit. It was a, it was an act of desperation. It she knew she like shouldn't that. have been doing it. Yeah. So I suppose that's something. But also, I imagine for this girl, if all her friends have boyfriends, she's so a social hard. group. She's the only one without a boyfriend. Then you know, and she's feeling left out, or she's yeah. feeling like a third wheel if she's with and anyone. And they're maybe going out and double dates and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Exactly. So you know? I, to- I mean, I think that's the empathy piece. Mm. I mean, how she's feeling is completely valid. Yeah. However, it's what she does with that feeling. Yeah. And it cannot be to go on an app for adults. Yeah. God. Best of luck.
Our six-year-old son keeps stealing things. Since September, he's taken a number of stuff uh, that doesn't belong to him. It started off when he took a toy home from his friend's house. And a few weeks ago, he took money from a birthday card that he was supposed to give to his cousin. The one good thing is that when I ask him where he got these things, he's very open about where he took them from. My problem is that I've told him a number of times and he needs to stop. And he doesn't. I've made him return all the items himself and explain to each person why he took them. I thought this might make him embarrassed to do it again, but that didn't work. Would you recommend, what would you recommend doing to get him to stop? Mm, I mean, this is tricky. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that kids steal. Okay, just to be clear about it. Sometimes, especially kids this age and a bit younger, they steal out of ignorance. They just don't know what's wrong. Mm. I know that sounds ridiculous, but honestly, it takes a while to go, oh, other people would be affected by this. That's not the right thing to do. That (laughs) takes them a while and a bit longer than we think. Also, it's very hard for children this age to resist temptation. It's there. I really want it. I could just take it and I can't resist that urge. Um, Sometimes they're seeking connection. It's a way of pulling you in because you have to react to it. I'm doing it in a way that I'm definitely going to be found out. I don't even bother lying when I am found out. It can be to get connections. Sometimes kids steal from anger. It's a way of paying people back, lashing out. Um, It can be about testing limits. It can be about generosity, which sounds a bit incongruent, but I saw something I thought you'd like, so I stole it for you. Am I great? Yes. You know, because oh, I want you to yeah, have what yeah. you want. It can come from that. It can be peer pressure. It can be showing off. Often, more often than not, it can come from entitlement, though. I want it. That very quickly becomes, I need it. Yeah. And that becomes, therefore, I should have it. Mm. And now I'm entitled to it. Mm. And if I feel entitled, I will take it and I won't think what I'm doing is wrong. And that's often the reason. But with younger kids, we tend to see entitlement more prominent in teenage stealing. But in younger kids, I would also not rule out a lack of impulse control. I just couldn't stop myself from doing it. Yeah. And that is very likely here. So what you want to do is, and I think you're coming at it in this way, you know, you've done the behavioural response. I call him out on it. I tell him why it's wrong. He has to give it back. He has to say why. But you're expecting him to have this reflective remorse Oh, gosh, I've learned from how wrong. And he's not giving you that. You need to focus on connection to get the behavioral correction. Okay, if you keep just focusing on behavior, he's he's going to do it. You're going to give out to me. I've got to give it back. I'm okay with all of that. It Mm. won't stop me doing it. It's not going to stop the behavior. So you've got to tell him that you're taking this seriously because you love him. One thing we avoid doing is you do not label kids who steal. You don't say you're a thief, you're a this, you're a that. You focus on the behavior rather than him as a person. The behaviour is wrong. The behaviour is stealing. He's not a thief, if that makes sense. Because he might go, Grant, sure, if I am, I'll behave accordingly, no problem. (laughs) But you also want to tell him that you know he can do better. I'm only asking you to not do this because I know you can do better than this. I know this isn't who you are. You're going to avoid the shaming, but you're going to help him make better choices. Keep doing what you're doing in terms of teaching why it's wrong by focusing, though, on how the victim of the theft. Victim might sound like a very strong word in stealing a toy from someone or money from a birthday card. But the recipient of the theft, if you like, how they will have felt. Really focus on, you know, they'll have felt sad and disappointed. And how would you feel if it was your toy doing Mm. that reflective functioning piece with him? And really model honesty and praising honesty and integrity, you know, focusing on books and movies that when you have, there's always some episode like that in them 
when you have that, you go, oh, that's such great honesty, such the right thing to do. Really amplify that. I think if it continues, because I'm just aware it's going on since September, we're kind of four-ish months into this. Mm. You don't want it to become a more longer term pattern of behavior. Focus on what you're doing. Keep going with it. But if it was to escalate or continue another number of months and you're like, OK, this is now nine months ongoing. Yeah, yeah. And it is a bit of a pattern and I'm not seeing a clicking of they don't get it, no matter how often I come at it. I probably would get some professional third party help. Go go see a psychologist, psychotherapist who could help you and your son with this. Yeah. Is there, I, mean, I mean, is there a developmental stage, a point at which a child can reach in the development where they start to empathise, you know, or put themselves mm. into the minds of other people and understand yeah. that point that it's really this age. It's four yeah. it's four to six. Yeah. Four to six years old. It's that stage two play. You know when they do they have the little characters in their hands talking yeah. to each other and mm. so they play out a scenario. You see that kind of serve and return. One talks, then the other responds and you get that whole perspective taking. And once I can hold two perspectives in mind at the same time, I begin to develop a capacity for empathy and critical thinking and the rules of general civility. I mean, not mm. that they nail it at four years old, of course, <laughs> yes. but it's about the capacity and then growing and developing it from there. So we would look at that age four to six. Now, just because I six doesn't mean emotionally I'm exactly that. I could be yes, a little bit younger yeah. in my emotional mm. development. That's not always a cause for alarm. Frequently isn't. It's just some kids it takes them, when I say four to six it takes them absolutely till six yeah, to get yeah. that rather than four. So he's in the age bracket when he's still developing that awareness. Mm. So that's why I would give this time. I would stay with him and support it. But if it was to be he's stealing approximately once or twice a month for a period of six, seven, eight, nine months, then you might need to look, talk to somebody yeah. about, is there something else going on underneath this? Because impulse control is something I would also expect him to, again, children are impulsive by developmental nature. But if he's not developing more of a self-regulation and impulse control, he might need extra support with that. Yeah, okay. It actually uh, does. I don't know if you know the, the Daisy books. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the pro- yeah. yeah. And when Daisy goes to the zoo uh, and, and she sees the sign for adopt a pet, she doesn't quite, uh, quite understand what that means. And so she goes home with a penguin, uh, unbeknownst yeah. to her mother. Uh, um, just, I adopted him. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> My son is very lazy. He always has been, but as he's gotten older, it's gotten worse. He just wants to sit on the couch and watch TV most days, even when he goes out playing with his friends. After a while, he's always the one sitting on the curb because he's too tired. I've tried to make take him for walks and get him excited about going outside, but he just moans the whole time. My wife and I are very active people, and we find ourselves very annoyed by how lazy he can be. He's 10, so it's not like he's a toddler anymore. Mm, okay. First thing first, have you brought him to a GP for Mm. blood tests to rule out any underlying reasons for what is lethargy and fatigue in a 10-year-old child? And if you have and it's a while ago and this is continuing or escalating, go back and repeat those. Mm. That's the first thing. And if you haven't done those tests, I would do that sooner rather than later. I also, though, when I'm reading this, is like, (laughs) is he lazy or does he have a need for more rest, more downtime to recharge? Like sometimes, oh, you're so lazy. Introverts in particular tend to need 
yeah. more couch time, more downtime, because actually the cost of socially engaging in school and activities in the outside world depletes energy resources. Yeah. And there is a need to recharge your social battery, so to speak. So get curious before you get certain. OK. Mm, yeah. And the other thing is, when I'm reading this, I'm like, mm, you know, I'm just I'm not hearing a lot about this little guy and what he likes to do in terms of play or activities. I'm hearing that he doesn't do anything. And what I'm hearing is he's not like you expect him to be. You're yes. expecting yeah. him to be like you and your wife and you're not really taking the time to understand what he likes and needs. I would approach this, the blood test, please, mm. if it's a first time or again. But I would also do a movie night together or day, afternoon, whatever. Do a movie together. His choice, okay? Nothing that you're going to be teaching through. Just let him pick a movie he likes. <laughs> make a snack together, okay? Just make something, he like, popcorn, like crispy yeah. buns, something simple. And then, you know, watch the movie, enjoy the snack together, have the blanket. It's nice and nurturing. It's being with each other. After the movie, then move into what did you think? What was your best bit? Play the director game. If you could cut a scene out, what would you cut out and what would you put instead? If you could invent a character into this movie. So now you're doing something much more engaging and it's a bit upward regulating as opposed to just zoning out watching a movie. From there, you could bring him into a board game. Again, something that brings a bit of curiosity, Junior Cluedo, you know, um, we got the sock game over Christmas and it's fantastic fun. Something like that, that, you know, is really interactive and but doesn't require him to jump around and do loads. But yeah. it is interactive and upward regulating. Then, you know, expand into let's go outside. I don't know what he's into at 10, like bug hunting, building something outside. Just something, but something very particular, not for a walk, yeah. not for activity, to do something fun that he's interested in. And when you're going for walks, we've had this before, but often as adults, we say enthusiastically to our kids, let's go for a walk. Like it's the most fun thing in the world. And it's just not if no. you're a child. Yeah. Like it's really not. No. And so instead you're like, let's go for a walk and see how many blue cars we can count on the way. I remember one Make of my kids saying when they were young, uh, um, there was a proposal that we climb Crow Patrick and their answer was, why is there a shop up there? <laughs> I mean, it's a valid point. <laughs> because actually, if I'm a child... I don't have the adult appreciation mm. for that. So, but if you make it like an orientation or a treasure hunt or a make it, you know, every time we see a bicycle, we're going to jump up and down. We're going to do jumping jacks. Make it interactive and fun and appealing to go for the walk. You're more likely to get it. So I think get curious about him and his world. Meet him there. Gradually bring him up. But be aware just because, and I think, by the way, if you're in a family where your parents are really active and it's not your inclination. It's not an easy place to, to be. be. It no. really isn't. No. So no. a bit more empathy around, OK, I know you love the downtime, so I'm going to meet you in your downtime and then we're going to come up a little, not a lot, but a little. And we're going to hold there. And then once in a while, let's do something I like, something you like. But I think get the blood test first, please. Yeah. I would like yeah. to know, make sure there isn't anything else going yeah. on that's making him tired. Yeah, <laughs> But it sounds like what you've suggested, apart from the blood test, if that proves to be OK, it might, I imagine somehow it might be torture for this parent to do all those things because they want to be out. And get going. And it's so bike hard. And, yeah. Because um, if you, that's a misattunement, isn't it? Mm. Your energy levels are just not matched. And so you've got to come down a bit to get him up a bit. And then you've got to celebrate meeting somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Joanne, thanks a million. Thank As you. Ever, uh, Joanna Fortune there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.